Welcome to the House of Flying Artists podcast, where we dive into all things around creativity and artistic expression. Here, we dispel the idea that some people are creative and some are not. We show that there is not just the beautiful black and white of the blackbird, but there are as many different ways to shine as there are beings on this planet. Let us meet on that fence where you sit and wait for your creative spark to move you. We help you to jump down into the lush grass and dive into the beauty of yourself. We'll be there too, looking at the flowers. Nicola, Sarah and Miriam, and together we are the House of Flying Artists. Awesome! <laughs> so, hi everyone, and thank you for tuning in with us today really lovely to have you all and here in our nice little chamber we have a beautiful guest today his name is Alex Jepson I hope I pronounced this correctly and he's from Canada um, it's like part of this vast wild beautiful north of our planet I'm so in awe with it so I'm really honored to have you here Alex and so What's Alex doing? Alex is an artist. He's a craftsman, a nature lover, as far as I understood. And you also have a professional background in um, business, focusing on entrepreneurship and social enterprises. And yeah, just like your connection to nature is really deep and you create those beautiful artworks showing the creatures of nature, but also landscapes. And I also saw some intricate patterns on your Instagram, just looking at it. Yeah, and I just really am looking forward to talk to you. And yeah, hi, Alex. Do you want to add something to this? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, yeah, I guess that sums it up pretty cleanly. It, I kind of focus on a mix of uh, creativity, whether that's through trying to create a business or uh, trying to create artwork, which my absolute favorite way to do that's wood art. Um, which mm -hmm. I'm able to start creating again. I've been off for about a year and a half, uh, but have my workshop up and running. And um, yeah, as you say, favorite thing is definitely living in the natural world, exploring, uh, spending time outside. And yeah, it sums up pretty cleanly. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Yeah, here with us is also Nicola, right, Nicola? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Welcome yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's wonderful. So we can actually just jump right in and ask you our uh, curious questions about your wood art and your life in the mountains. And yeah, actually, I want to start with this. So um, you're Canadian and you grew up in the Toronto area. And then you just recently moved to the western part of your country also in a mountain area. And, you know, I'm a city kid. I really feel like living with the bears, with the mountains, with the forest, with all this natural stuff, really. You know, I'm so excited about it. And I wonder, how does this feel? How does this feel for you at the moment to be in the mountains, to live there and to live with all these kind of big animals around you? Can you paint us a small picture, kind of? Yeah, the, the 
the best thing that comes to mind is I was just in uh back in, in my hometown area, the Toronto area. Um, I'd be driving on the highway and kind of a little stressed out, like people are going very fast. There's kind of concrete everywhere and people getting angry, all, all, you know, all stressed out. Um, not everyone in Toronto, but just this was my experience on the highway. And um, I, I feel really disconnected there. And then when I come back, I'm kind of driving on, you know, in quotes, the highway. It's like a 90 kilometer an hour highway, but it's kind of one lane either way. On the on the left, you see this like beautiful river and, and the mountain. Um, and instead of like a traffic jam, there might be like an elk crossing um, or like mm -hmm. turkeys in the middle of the road that kind of uh, hold up a few cars. Um, but that it paints a picture of why I love it so much more. I, I just feel a lot more connected here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I lived in the Toronto area, I'd always try and find ways to get outside. So still find like they have beautiful lakes all over the place. I go on portage trips, canoe trips, um, find rivers, creeks, forests. But um, there's something about like the rugged nature of mountains that gets me really excited uh, and just a bit more alive. Uh, that That's one way of putting it. Like we have trail cameras at the back of uh, the rental. Pro uh, I have a rental on farmland right now and there's trail cameras back there and we'll get uh, videos of kind of like a, a bear and their cub walking by, uh, wow. <laughs> or, you know, multiple bears around. So you, you kind of know there's like, we're, we're in the wilderness to a degree, um, or seeing a, a herd of elk coming down to try and steal the, the food from the cows. Um, it, it's just a different feel here than, uh, than where I grew up. Ah, and, and do you like, do you when you take a walk in the in the forest you know with the bears around and the wolves and i like how does this feel for you you know you've been growing up with this but still is this like do you do you, you have your ways how to handle this <laughs> well we, yeah we have ways to handle it um and then you know i haven't had many encounters like really really close with with bears or wolves um so yeah i'm, I'm lucky in that respect but I think the main thing, like, you know, we're just making noise and, and there's uh, I have my dog with me. Um, but it, it's still foreign to me because I grew up in, in the city in Toronto. So, you know, hmm. there's coyotes all around, but, uh, you know, coyotes aren't, aren't very scary. You just kind of walk at them and they, they run away. Um, whereas, yeah, I'm, I'm always a bit more on high alert. Like black bears are fine, but, but grizzly bears, uh, I still, I'm just kind of more aware, I'd say, of, you know, if you're going, going camping, you make sure you're, you're getting your food high up in a tree and kind of downwind from you, um, bringing something called bear spray, which is essentially like, you know, super powered pepper spray, uh, <laughs> like weapons grade pepper spray. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's mainly just having reverence for it, like having respect, knowing you're kind of in, in an area that, um, it's their home. So just kind of keeping aware of that and, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of in the back, in the background, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place and it's not always scary. One of the, uh, last winter I was for, I was going out for a walk with my, my dog in the middle of the town. It's like town of 10,000 people, uh, that I live. And I was walking by a cafe called Oso Negro, which is uh, black bear, uh, in Spanish. And as soon as I walked by the cafe, I looked to my right 
and in the the alleyway there's black bear standing there uh like you know maybe 10 feet away from me and I kind of jumped back startled a little bit because I had headphones on I was walking with my dog and you know maybe midnight or something like nobody's around you don't see anyone and the funny thing was that the black bear jumped back the same way it's like we were both oh shit like like both kind of equally scared and startled uh initially and then you know there's no real issue just kind of he goes back to eating whatever he's finding in a dumpster or something and I carry on just a bit more aware, um, but but yeah, they, they don't want to hurt us. Yeah, yeah, I I I firmly believe this too, and I also experience not really experience it, but like here in uh, Galicia uh, in Spain, Portugal, there's like a lot of boars, wild boars running around, and that's like in the night they come out and roam the fields and the hills there, and just when I when I lived there and when I just walked at night because I needed to like walk from the friends over to my own place. I was just making some noise. I was just singing and I was just like saying, Hey guys, I'm coming. You know, I don't want to startle you. And just like, let's just like be here together. I know this is your home and this is your time. And just like, do your thing. And I remember like one time uh, when I lived in Spain in the night, the wolves started to howl. That's like a smaller kind of European Iberian wolf. And they started to howl and this was like kind of the most magical moment for me in my life to just like hear this and when i heard again that wolves were in the area the first thing i was doing i was just like okay i need to go out into this forest and i need to just be there i know they won't come because they are probably very shy for humans in that area but i just need to be with them and just like feel their presence and it was just so beautiful and i felt like wow to meet those animals you know they're really from the wild and yeah mm -hmm. it touches my heart you know? even though that. sometimes obviously that can be dangerous but <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that it's like the rewilding process of kind of like stripping back some of uh you know the the city and advanced society kind of out of us and getting back to connected with with the world around us with that nature mm -hmm. yeah yeah, we wanted to um, also talk then a little bit about um, how um, nature inspires you as well. So obviously you you spoke about the woodwork that that you love to do. And I suppose initially when we think about woodwork, it feels um, like a, a true collaboration with nature because um, wood has its own patterns and its own markings mm -hmm. that have been kind of designed into um into it as a feature by nature so then when you um use that it's a true kind of collaboration um and so the process and even the process of you know kind of working with it and touching the wood it's a, a very physical um experience i suppose uh, and process and uh, i suppose material to work with so what we were wondering was um if you could talk a bit about how the kind of connection with wood came for you and how it came about and also how you choose the different types of wood that you work with um, and even the dyes that you use because you don't just keep it um, to its natural wood color sometimes you do but sometimes there's color involved so what you use to color the wood um, and the process involved in in that yeah sure um 
Yeah. So how I came about it was, you know, I'd say by chance, but it, it was kind of, uh, you know, maybe five years ago, something like that. Um, just wanted to create an art project after I had left uh, a job that really wasn't connected, that super out of alignment that, that I left because I, I couldn't handle it anymore, essentially, and wanted to create a project, stumbled across something that was kind of mixing paint and wood together um, and got immediately drawn to it. And, uh, on the back porch of the apartment I was living in, I, I was able to get some wood from a friend, uh, get some paints and just kind of put it all together with like, you know, a, a $30 handsaw and, you know, my hand using as a clamp and, uh, you know, bought some glue, but essentially all of it just out on my patio. And from there, I, you know, I guess I'd say I became obsessed pretty quickly, but, um, <laughs> You know, just became fascinated of it of you know I, I didn't grow up uh doing any woodwork wasn't big on shop class um you know wood projects with my family nothing like that um so that was really new but i've always had this deep connection to nature and so seeing uh, as you say like the, the grain patterns um how it reacts to uh to a different finish or or to a stain um yeah, it just drew me in. And and as you say, it's, it's this co-creative aspect of it. So being able to see, um, like I can have a design, but it's how to do that with the natural patterns of the wood. Um, and there's something about that, that, that I just love. So, um, yeah, over the years kept going, kept going, learning and experiencing. And, um, I remember this one moment where I went out to, you know, I've been going to kind of, we have Home Depot and, and you know, big box stores and I, I was able to get wood from some friends, but I went out to more of a specialty wood store and was walking around just in awe. You see like purple wood, yellow wood, uh, red, uh, th there's names from these, but, uh, you know, uh, green, just like the, the whole spectrum and, and being in awe, um, of just seeing like what, uh, what's first of all what's inside the trees but like yeah the natural patterns the art of nature right this this is it's divine to me it's it's sacred and seeing so you got the colors then you have these intricate grain patterns this beautiful figure you see how the water's flowing uh in the trees um and it yeah it just blew me away so more recently i've switched to trying to use more local woods um and i'm, I'm not using a lot of those uh you know uh, a lot of it's kind of from South America, Africa. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I just don't have the time to think of how how sustainable it is sometimes. So I, I've started playing with dyes and, and really trying to make this mixture of whether it's paint or dye, but how to kind of merge, um, you know, color and modernity with nature and kind of that, that more wild aspect to it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if <laughs> yes. uh, where to go from there, but yeah, it's. I mean, I suppose just when you were talking about um, the how how you got intrigued by it, I suppose Miriam and I both do um, water paints, and it reminds me of that kind of process when you're painting with the water paint that you paint it, and there's kind of like an intention, but you actually never know what it's going to look like mm. because it sets and you think like you've got it. And it like sometimes you just kind of leave it because the water in itself will kind of set in a way that you don't really know how it's ever going to turn out, which mm -hmm. is amazing. And I suppose that's the um, 
the whole creative process is you could start with an idea and then it evolves along the way, which is the experimentation and um, I suppose the joyment as well. Yeah, the, there's like a play and a surprise to it. Um, yeah, so similarly, like if I have a design in mind and, and I've kind of drawn it out um, yeah. and then I either go buy the wood, go find the wood or, or you know, I have have stuff that I've kind of picked up over the years. I'll pick up a board at a time that just, you know, really speaks to me or, you know, has unique figure, um, like a, a certain type of, uh, it's called curly maple, but it's maple that has these ripples that looks like water to me. It looks, you know, it's, it's just one of my favorite things um, and picking up some of those boards over time. But when you have the design and then laying out the wood and seeing how can I now take the design in my mind and pair it with mm. uh, the, the the patterns that are already on the wood. So how can I make the grain of the wood go in a direction that I want to take someone's eye? So mm. it's not kind of scattered all over the place, but that the grain is part of the design, similar to like a brushstroke. If you're trying to go up a mountain you know, you're not going to go horizontally and all over the place. You're going to go up to kind of guide the guide the eye and create that movement. Um, being able to do that with grain of of finding pieces that go up and left to the same time, or have you know knots that fit the right piece, or uh, you know uh, bark that kind of creates for for me uh, almost like dirty snow. If 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 there's like really light wood and then there's bark, it, it creates these effects that. Uh, that that's kind of playing with nature and playing with um you know the the designs that are already there and how to incorporate that with uh you know my vision i guess mm, amazing and you also you you do as i looked at at the at your artworks like you it's like kind of a a bit of a puzzle you know you have these mm. different pieces of wood <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> And they have different colors. And then I looked at it and it was so intriguing. And I felt how this must be so meditative to put this together. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the, there's one um, artwork that um, depicts a heron. And I, and you, you write about it, that you use also different kinds of wood actually in one artwork. Mm -hmm. Like there's not just like you take a board of wood and you cut it into pieces and work with it. And but you actually you bring the different trees together in there mm -hmm. in your in this artwork so from different places potentially from different you mm -hmm. know from different essences of this these trees it's really beautiful yeah it it's like instead of picking a color of paint you pick a type of wood and so you know for a lot of the mountains I make it'll be kind of walnut maple and oak. Uh, which mm -hmm. are you know three trees that there's there's a ton of in Ontario where I grew up, and mm -hmm. and so uh, now I'm starting to shift and and figure out you know more local to to BC and to the mountains, but um, yeah, that's it's it's an amazing process. So even figuring out okay, these are the ones like you you start mapping out how they look when they're just finished uh, with like an oil or a plain finish, it, it just kind of pops them out. It's almost like if you've seen wood go from dry to wet it just brings out the richness, the aliveness. Um, but then also knowing, you know, which woods react to dyes in different ways and stains in different ways. And that's been some of the process of, uh, of learning over the last few years. So, um, how to do that, that process of it's kind of mixing in the natural with how to bring it out in a way that works with the rest of the piece, with the vision or with, with the other pieces of wood. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, actually I was, I was spending time, uh, 
uh, playing around with dyes. I, I bought some green dyes and, uh, you know, cut a bunch of test pieces because I'm making this tree artwork. Um, and the, the tree itself is going to be green. There's water in the background that'll be blue. Those are done using dyes, but then trying to keep the rest of it uh, as natural as possible. So doing that in some areas to accent it, but again, that, that play between the two uh, so that it's always still feeling natural. Like I, I don't want to just paint over it necessarily, but uh, like let the wood speak for itself and then kind of accent it. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I can feel that in your artwork. Um, another thing um, we were wondering about is like you're with the trees, like in your artwork, the trees are speaking. And um, I don't know if you heard of the music of plants, like there's probably several projects in the world, but I just am familiar with one in Italy where they have this, like they develop these kind of machines where they are <laughs> able to, sorry, to to play with the, let the tree play with its own conductivity and communicate with humans. And mm -hmm. you can, they can, you can listen to the tree, basically how the water and the electricity is moving through it. And also even sometimes we, we are sitting maybe with the plant and we are listening and maybe hearing something from it. We are receiving a message in a way. And I was just wondering, <clears throat> do you, did you, did you experience this or do you experience this? I mean, it's a subtle communication. It's not mm -hmm. like, hey, Alex, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to know, like, how does this feel for you? How do the plants communicate with you in a way? Yeah. The, um, the way I experienced it the most, uh, it, it happened yesterday is, is just taking time out out of my day going going into nature so we went you know went up the mountain behind us and and kind of into the woods like no trail just kept going uh sitting on logs and just kind of being in the middle of of the wilderness essentially and um you know people call it forest bathing but just coming back to that natural state more relaxing uh feeling mm -hmm. more connected and uh on the way back it's just like something drops in of i've had this vision about a piece i want to make And, you know, it was just like, oh, I want to focus on a particular animal. I wanted to make a piece about a hummingbird and then kind of get this, this image of this is, you know, uh, well, I, I don't need to get too much into the idea, but, you know, it starts coming to life. If I, I start seeing how it looks and seeing how it all works together and, uh, you know, the design starts to take shape, but it's coming through being in a natural setting and it kind of coming in more intuitively. It's not sitting down and trying to force it um which is more what i would do initially of kind of you know i'm going to create this thing from my mind and, I, and i'm going to will it into existence and now it's more uh playing with that listening that more receptive mode uh mm -hmm. for the ideation process so having the idea come in maybe writing it down and then seeing which ones develop and then putting time into to create the design once it's kind of there but but it it very much feels like it happens when i'm around a bunch of trees, when I'm in the mountains, when I'm around water, sitting by a creek, and then the ideas pop in, having a fire. Um, you know, it's it's never just kind of, as I said, forcing it and just exerting my will. It, and so that's the big way, like when I'm working with the wood, I feel very, um, very calm and serene, but there's usually a vision at that point. Um, 
that that's come through time and nature outside of the wood uh the workshop mm. wow i've heard of this forest bathing before but i i'm like that's it yeah <laughs> but it is when i go into a forest <laughs> yeah. i'm like i was yeah. just like when you said that i was like wow i think that's really yeah wow um i get that there's this um place it's a water reserve and there's some kind of um there's a load of trees and stuff around it and just one day I was just driving and I was like I don't know the next minute I was not and I'd pulling my car over and I was walking through this forest I was like oh we're we doing this now but um it's it was it feels exactly like like you were saying where you just kind of like it, an idea can't your mind doesn't even really know what that you're doing it and your body is just instinctively kind of doing it um mm -hmm. before, before you can't your mind kind of catches up with that but yeah that yeah. i really get that um just it's there all of a sudden you didn't have to work for it and right. I, I mean i come mm -hmm. from um an advertising background where it is you know you are creative let's go brainstorm we're going to sit down we're going to hash <laughs> this out and then you just <laughs> look at your partner for essentially six hours uh, <laughs> with the laptop in front of you but i think i should have done some forest day thing <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's it is a completely different way of working um and i've experienced it but it's amazing i don't think i realized it until you said that but that's how it kind of works yeah then you know you even outside of the creative process, like, you know, when I was living in, in the suburbs in, in uh, the Toronto area, like uh, near a city and just kind of in an environment that didn't feel, you know, like me, um, you know, more manicured and, and less natural, less wild. And I'd be, you know, in the workshop working a bunch and then take a walk down to the water and uh, sit by Lake Ontario, like huge body of water and sit down on the rocks and my experience would be initially, I'd feel really frenetic. I'd feel kind of like this ball of separate energy that's uh, just in chaos, sort of like in my head and uh, my, my body feels off and it, it's kind of me in this tunnel vision and then this, this boundary and then the rest of the world. And what I'd notice is I'd sit there for long enough and just listen to the waves, look out at the water. And at some point you start feeling like that boundary starts to, to dissolve essentially. So you become kind of part of the bigger field. You become, uh, you know, similarly when you, you look at a, a seagull or a, a squirrel, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, uh, it's just one with the rest of, of the landscape. It's not this, this separate entity. It, it is the landscape itself. And it's almost like that. Um, that's part of the process with what I was saying as, as forest bathing or going out into nature that you kind of become more open, receptive and more connected with the world around you. And that's when I find ideas drop in um or they develop and you know it's it's not always some some super visionary uh idea but it's just you know the next idea and it kind of builds on itself and what i've experienced is it's usually that comes in as the idea and then it we have to work with what you're saying of that that more advertising mind of um you know how do we bring this into existence now we have this idea now what are the steps to to actualize it to to bring it about and that's the same with artwork. It's the same with business. Um, that's why I like entrepreneurship of the, this vision that comes in. How do we develop it? How do we kind of fill out the gaps um, and then create kind of a, 
uh, an action plan that that we can change. But um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the the old method that I like. I like pulling in after the idea starts coming about right now. Well, there's also the idea that the um, you know, the, there's that thing where somebody on one side of the world has an idea, and then somebody on the other side of the world has the same idea. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so it's all i suppose the ideas are already in the field yeah and it's just it's literally you picking up on that idea but mm -hmm. i mean for me the idea has always been kind of the the easier part of it and mm -hmm. it's the materialization or the the in in advertising we'd say it was the the execution of it like the actually making it happen is mm -hmm. the hard part the selling it the you know getting all the pieces that you need to like because you can almost feel the idea so much and it feels so great and you've got that enthusiasm and that energy behind it mm -hmm. and then it's that you know going through the mud of yeah. <laughs> material world yeah mm -hmm. uh you know the example that i'm living right now is uh you know i have this idea this piece that i'm really excited about i'd started it before i'd moved away you know, about two years ago, and I'm kind of picking it back up halfway through. But, you know, I just spent three days of sanding, um, like very intricate sanding by hand, uh, you know, with with a dust mask on just listening to music, but, but those three days are the legwork. That's like, it's like a devotional practice of I don't have to do that, I could leave it raw. Um, but it's like, as you say, that's kind of, you have the idea. Now, how do we materialize it? How do we actually take those steps and uh, bring it into existence? And it's definitely challenging at times. Um, but yeah, finding a balance between those two, being able to, mm. um, you know, go through those steps, but then also have the ideation for the next one. So you can kind of have the creative and the, uh, or the receptive and the active kind of both operating at the same time. It's, it's, I suppose, a bit like the emotional journey of the creative process. <laughs> yeah. I always find it like, you know, you, you don't have an idea and you think that you're terrible. And then like you get the idea and you think that you're amazing and then you can't do the idea. So you think that you're terrible and then you do the idea <laughs> and you think you're amazing. And then you start with the next project and you think that, and it's like, <laughs> it's all part of the, <laughs> the emotional journey as well, I suppose, as well as. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And motivation wanes in certain of those areas. Like if you're down on yourself and you're in those three days of sanding and you know, you can't quite see how it comes together. It starts to to wane. And then, uh, you know, you finish sanding, you move on to another part and you start seeing how it comes together and the excitement starts rising. And uh, for me, I'll, I'll have it all laid out, ready to glue. And then I've seen what it looks like. So I've got my satisfaction to a degree, but now I have to spend a few days gluing it and making yeah. sure like, you know, it's together for someone else to see it on a wall, not just me to have that satisfaction of like, oh, the vision came to be, okay, move on. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride for sure. It um, takes a lot of trust, right? Like yeah. to always like anticipate like this step, there will be another step, there will be another phase. And mm -hmm. when I'm there, I will go up again. And there, it's just like gonna be like that. And I move yeah. through this. Yeah. And just yeah. trusting that process. Yeah. E even though I have a design and I'm, I know this is gonna take me a month and starting and, and just being like, you know, there's so many variables along that path, 
uh, where, you know, it could look like shit. <laughs> it's a real <laughs> possibility, right? And I've, I've had experiences where like, you know, I spend three days, uh, you know, designing something and I spend a bunch of days cutting it out and then I put it down and just go, I, I need to burn this. Like, and not, not like a really overly critical, overly emotional perfectionism, but just like, this isn't what I was picturing. This yeah. isn't what I want to do. Um, and starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the woodworking, you know, I guess it's similar to really intricate paintings and stuff like that, but, but where, where the, the time between starting the project and finishing it is pretty significant. Um, mm -hmm. and so there's, there's quite a bit of trust in that sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it that you talked about that the trees are kind of, or nature is kind of informing you. I mean, I feel like it's maybe an electromagnetic information that is like working with you and then it's coming you know, like they're informing you, bing, and then something is happening and how it starts with nature, but mm -hmm. you are the receiver, you are the kind of the, yeah, how this can flow out into the world. If yeah. you were not there, it won't happen. Yeah, it, it's really <laughs> interesting. I think what you're saying, Nicola, is, is true. It's like, like the idea comes in and there's almost this feeling of like, if you don't start on it, somebody else will. And not that that matters in some competitive aspect, but just knowing, uh, you know, I've heard other creatives talk about this, but it's kind of, as you say, in the field and it's mm -hmm. looking for a way to come into existence. Mm -hmm. And I've had this happen a number of times of being, having this idea and being really intrigued by it and kind of letting it go. And then a week or two later, you start seeing someone else bring it into reality. And you're, it's this strange moment every time I experience it of, um, you know, it feels beyond parallel thinking. It, it feels, as you say, this, this idea that wants to come into form almost, um, there's a real magical feeling when you experience that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna go a, a bit along this idea on, um, cause we started talking about how you were saying that you know like it could look shit I think like it's it's really it it is really part of the the creative process as well mm -hmm. also to even even if it doesn't look shit to kind of look at your stuff <laughs> sometimes and be like you know like I mean it's amazing for people who are not like this but I think a lot of creatives are very critical of their um their work as well mm -hmm. um and you know there's a there's a vulnerability and i mean we've spoken about this just between between ourselves um about how really to put yourself out there it's like you're putting a piece of yourself out there and it opens you up to you know other people's criticism and i mean even just for us launching you know our podcast we we kind of launched it and we got to the stage where you know like you, anything whether it's a piece of artwork or anything and mm -hmm. you put it out there and you're just like oh goodness you know like i'm just gonna show my mom <laughs> <laughs> you know like and who do you want to um expose or who do you want to um share this piece with because you know like you've spent all of this energy and and you you'd kind of it's like your little baby you don't want it to be yeah injured or um criticized but i mean <laughs> it's a 
I suppose it's again part of the journey, but um, yeah, I mean, how was your experience with that? Because you spoke a little bit about um, just starting on your friend's porch and then mm -hmm. how did you get to, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go large scale with this. I mean, um, yeah, so it kind of mirrors an inner process for me. So when I started, I was in a really rough space and the first several years that I was doing this, it was kind of, uh, it was my main focus. So I, I was away from work and it was kind of like, a, it was healing, right? It was, um, coming off a lot of medication, weaning off of, you know, uh, different substances and, and kind of recreating my psyche almost like, um, coming back from a really, really depressed state and trying to recreate my life and, and build it from the ground up. Like I have a, a piece called rebirth that it's the image for it, but it's this like, burnt background of kind of scorched earth and then this little seed coming up um but that was the feeling and so stuff like what you're talking about with the perfectionism was huge if you, you kind of have this this existing like hyper hyper negative mind um and these thoughts that are just ruminating in, in you know really dark places and very self-critical um and you know challenging just to to exist let alone to create something and share it with people and so what, what, what happened is essentially through the woodwork and through sharing it and um, taking those steps, I was able to process a lot of that. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of quiet moments and a lot of moments where you're just focusing on what you're doing and seeing where the mind would go, uh, kind of being able to observe these thoughts and seeing them go into these dark places or hypercritical places and starting to get space from them. So realizing, you know, this isn't reality this is kind of a story that's being told this is a program running its course mm -hmm. um this is conditioning right yeah. and one of the things that helped me i think i mentioned it to you guys when we chatted earlier was uh it was a saying that i would say of what would kyle say my, my friend kyle um so i'd be you know finishing up a piece and i'd be looking at it and be like oh this is this is brutal this is uh you know this piece is is the, the gluing's off the gap's too big here and you know, just looking at it like this is, this is embarrassing. I, I don't like any piece of this. And I'd show my friend, Kyle, who, who lived around the, the corner from me at the time. And he'd go, oh, this is amazing. I love this. This is so cool. I'm like, no, no. What about, you know, what about the gap here and, and mess up sanding? Like, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't see any of this. Uh, it's just you. And so I kind of had that process of like, I, I could have the self-talk and that perfectionism, which is helpful at times, but, you know, it goes into mode where it'll paralyze you if you listen to it too much. Um, and then being able to balance that out of what would Kyle say? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just be like, okay, yeah, keep moving. And so at the end of each project, being able to look at it and say, you know, these are the things I'd like to do better. These are the things I'd like to do differently, but this is, this is good. Like I can be happy with this. I, this is kind of the level I'm at. And in that process, kind of being able to work through a lot of that uh, emotional, mental stuff that was kind of limiting me of kind of keeping me in this, this closed off state, trying to, to hide, to, you know, not take those chances, not take those leaps, um, which is really nice. It kind of works hand in hand, um, but it still lives in me. Like I, I just got the, my artwork shipped out with my, my tools about a month ago, something like that. And I'm unpacking it and I see the first piece I've ever made uh, that I made on, the, on that porch out in Vancouver. And 
I'm opening it up and there's still a part of me that's just like, oh, <laughs> like, like the same thing. Look at the gaps here and look at the, uh, you know, yeah. look at all these errors essentially um, and trying to love that part of myself and, and accept that and realize, you know, this is the process of this is the first thing you made, but there's still that part of me that just goes, nah, like just hyper-focused on the, um, on what's not good enough essentially. I think so that, learn to work amazing. with it. No, that's amazing. Cause literally I have a Kyle and it's Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I will show Miriam something and she's like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but it is like, really, like, please. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> and I think, I kind of think that everybody needs a Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Just to, yeah. just to, I suppose, because you talk about the programming and uh, I think it's just the way that the world is. Like I used to be like kind of proud of the fact that I could take um, criticism. I was like, don't worry about it. I'm not sensitive. <laughs> like you can criticize me, but it's like, <laughs> it's because I had to build up a shield because I was so battered mm -hmm. that I was like, throw it at me, government. <laughs> you know like it's not really something great yeah <laughs> you know like if you actually come to and then you get into this other world where people are like no i'm actually going to say something kind to you mm -hmm. um and you just you actually don't know what to do because yeah. someone's being genuine because you've come from this other world which is you know well we're just going to tell you that this that there's a gap here and you're the top settings off and you're yeah. you know and there's no kyles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I, I don't know. I think that that's great. It really does. Um, it probably just takes what like one person to kind of um give you that confidence to just and that space to kind of grow a bit. So thanks, Marie. Oh, you're so welcome, Nicola. And and you're definitely my Kyle. And <laughs> I mean, there's these two parts of it for me, like. There's this unique being that we all are that is expressing themselves, that is expressing this electromagnetic nature information, how I feel. And that's amazing and often is so beautiful and it's so healing that also you, Alex, talk about this and that you say like, oh, there's these gaps here, there's this there. And I just look at your artwork and it looks so beautiful. And I'm just like, wow, there's so much skill also in it. And this is like this other side, obviously, like our craft, we always work on our craft and we want to get better. We want to do something different. We want to be more precise here or more flowy there or whatever, or we want to express something more intricate. And there's these two sides, but obviously like there's also this outflowing of like this uniqueness of you and the colors and the shapes that can only you, you can see them and you can express them in this way. And I, yeah, I feel like the more we rise in this, Kyleness, you know, in this way of, of of knowing, well, that's amazing, really. Like, keep on going, and still, like, just improving and getting to more perfection where we wish to, not where we feel like we need to be, but where we wish to. And yeah, like I, I love them and enjoy them and and experience them like with pride. But there's a, there's still the you know noticing even with those of okay, here are the little things I'd shift. Um, but the one thing that I, it's a little story that helps land it of like, um, I, I 
I had this, this person who would share some of my stuff on, on Instagram to kind of, uh, you know, bigger audiences would be like 500,000 people or 50,000 people that they had these really big accounts, really kind guy. Um, he, he runs a furniture store, Jeff Mack, um, uh, in, in the, the area that I was living. And I'd done a lot of this work of kind of like working with the self critic, right. And, and kind of working through that and releasing it. And what happened is he shared one of my pieces. And I remember seeing a comment that was like, you know, this is tacky. This is a waste of wood. Why would you ever do this? And I remember seeing it and, you know, in the past that would have set me off because that, that was the inner chatter, right? I believed that story. Um, but I'd gone through this process and I was, you know, as you say, you kind of go, this is my self-expression. This is where I'm at in the present. Uh, and there's beauty in it and being able to read it and hysterically laugh, like not disconnecting and dissociating or anything, but just finding the humor in it of just seeing, oh, this is this person's opinion. They can be in whatever, you know, bubble of, of reality they want. They, they can see this however they want, but it didn't touch me. And it was like mm -hmm. one of those first moments of being able to live with that open heart, not just closing off and becoming super defensive and protective um, and take it and, and not actually have it impact me. But that's how, like, I, I see the, the more I work through it on the, in the inner world, the, the outer world doesn't really affect you in that way, or it just kind of starts to dissolve. Um, but building that muscle of, of kind of the self-love with it, which, you know, the Kyle, the, those outside influences can help that process, but then it's really nurturing that inside of you of being able to say, despite the things that I want to improve on, I can still, you know, deeply love this and, and hold it as sacred. Yeah. Yeah, the moment is whole as it is mm. yeah um yeah i feel like this ties so nicely in with yeah my next question because you have this beautiful artwork of a wolf that you call the observer wolf the mm -hmm. observer if i have yeah. it correctly in my mind and you know, you've been speaking about this that you uh learn how to see you your thoughts not as you but your thoughts as like kind of coming through and mm -hmm. like being part of you but like not identifying with them all the time and can you explain how you relate this to the nature of the wolf how this maybe this animal i don't know gave you ideas about this or you feel yeah could you speak about yeah. this yeah um so yeah i was in this time where you know this was my main focus it was essentially you know creating art and you know, reconnecting with all these parts of myself that had essentially gone offline from being compressed into this little ball of depression, essentially. And all these stories, you know, I, I was at a point where there was suicidal ideation all the time. So, the, you know, the mind is just going nuts. Like the thoughts that are being, that are coming in are so abrasive, so intense that essentially I didn't want to be here anymore. And it was just all day, every day with this. Right. And so I had this experience where I was able to get some separation from that. And uh kind of have complete presence and you know the conditioning would come back the thoughts would come back but uh over the next few years i started doing you know meditation and using the the woodwork of of trying to separate through what is this conditioning what are just thoughts and who am i like uh and connecting with that that state of the observer the awareness behind it all and being able to watch the thoughts watch the emotions and not in some dissociated way where you know you're just kind of vacating but in a way that that you can kind of witness it and get curious about it um, more like, you know, phenomena coming through clouds coming through 
uh, versus the narrative of your life, like versus that ultimate reality of what's being said. Um, mm -hmm. And so the wolf, how I, I see that piece, it, it's essentially, uh, it's a wolf face and it's just half of it. It's kind of cut down the middle. Um, and the way I picture it is like a wolf kind of standing behind a tree and just kind of peering out. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, like the, the cutoff piece would be behind the tree, but as it peers out, it's just kind of, it's just watching, mm -hmm. like just, just watching. It's, it's not judging. It's not looking to attack. It's not kind of making any decision, but just, just peering out with kind of this, this very intense dialed in gaze. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the feeling of the observer for me. I mean, not, not intense, but <laughs> just kind of always present in the background and just, just being able to observe. Um, and with that, you can allow space for a lot of these things to come up. So if I have, you know, really negative self-talk come up, you know, you might, you might go along with the story for a little bit, but at some point I can come back to that state of the observer and say, Oh, you know, I really got hooked by that story or, or curious of, you know, wh where's that coming from? And similarly for emotions of, you know, if, if deep sadness or rage comes up before you, you know, I just get carried by it. And, and it's like a, a wave just taking you away and, and you have no control. You have no um, ability to step back, but with the observer state, um and that wolf that that state of just watching it um you know you still process through the emotions there's still anger coming up or sadness coming up there might be a huge release uh might be a process with it might be really really intense but you're still able to stay in that stable state of kind of loving awareness essentially and realizing that is who i am i'm not these stories i'm not these emotions uh i'm the place behind it and then it's this process of kind of uh, letting go of a lot of that conditioning, letting go of, um, you know, it, a mixture of letting go and, and kind of reconnecting with these parts of ourselves and loving those parts, forgiving, accepting, uh, giving gratitude to these parts, but um, kind of bringing it back into the state of wholeness versus this fragmented self that's kind of so scared and trying to protect itself and, and uh, you know, telling stories that aren't actually helpful for the life we're trying to lead. Mm. Mm, yeah thank you that makes so, a lot of sense so um i suppose when we went through the website um we saw that you spoke a little bit about how and you've touched a little bit on it today how working with the wood um is a meditative process i think i said that right and there's a flow there's a flow to it um so, I mean, we, I suppose we all know about meditation, but when you, you spoke about listening to it with your headphones and getting into it, I mean, what's that experience like? And, you know, like how often do you, are you doing it daily? Are you, um, yeah, do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, there's the traditional idea of, of meditation, which is, you know, sit down in a fancy posture and um, close your eyes and don't think, right? That, that's kind of what, <laughs> what most people view it, but but there's a way of kind of living in a meditative way as well, right? And and so in that with woodwork of while I'm doing things, um, you know, being able to stay in that state of the observer and kind of 
let these things pass through and kind of see where you're getting hooked and come back, come back to your breath, come back to the work um, and getting in these flow states where essentially time starts to feel like it doesn't exist. You're just kind of, you know, the body's moving, you're doing, uh, doing your task, carrying it out to a much better degree than what I'm trying to kind of trying to force it or, um, you know, in this other state. Um, but it's, it's peaceful. And then, it just feels really connecting and it feels uh feels like our natural state that's the best way i can put it so you know i try and live that way as much as possible so if i go play basketball on my own uh and and taking shots on my own it's a similar thing it's just trying to to get in that state where you know thoughts can come up and but but you're kind of in that space behind it as much as possible and and um Yeah. So th there becomes no separation between meditation and life. It's kind of one of, the, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll sit down or lie down and, and actually do more formal meditation, right. Just, um, to kind of go in the inner world and, and get out of the, the overstimulation of, of whatever's going on around me, but, um, trying to bring that practice into daily life and, and woodwork, it was the start of it for me. Like I had never meditated, never considered it, um, in, in any significant way when I was doing the woodwork, but it's this way of all my attention goes into something. And then you can kind of see the the subtleties of what's happening around you, because all of a sudden those thoughts, it's not right in your face. It's kind of, you know, this background noise dropping in, but what you're doing is kind of the, the main focus. It like gives the mind something to dial into. And, uh, and that becomes kind of the focal point. So everything else is kind of periphery and, and more subtle to, to work through. Um, but it's deeply peaceful for me, um, or very, very helpful. So like three days of sanding, you know, I'm not just in a, a zen out state for that, that whole three days. It's like, uh, you know, things come up, but then you come back and, um, yeah, it, it's, I think it's also like, like spending time on our own, you mm -hmm. know, like I feel like, well, I don't know. I've got two kids, so it doesn't really happen a lot. But you're um, never alone. <laughs> never alone. <laughs> um, but it's I think just spending time by yourself, like there's always something to kind of um stimulate us, you know, like if it's the computer or the you know, somebody there to talk to you or somebody on your phone, or but just to kind of sit down and do something that you can. I mean, I miss this, like just being able to sit down and do something and kind of mm -hmm. put your attention on that um, and just do it by yourself without somebody coming in is not some, I mean, even people just watching Netflix or like you always do something else, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. even the TV, it's that kind of people talking at you. It's not just sitting mm -hmm. with your thoughts going or whatever, you know, letting your mind run away yeah yeah it's kind of being bombarded at some point it, it, mm. like I, I need that time on my own and then even you know try not to fill all that time with podcasts or music sometimes actually just quiet i mean this uh, this right this, <laughs> of course yeah no you're very popular <laughs> yeah it, essentially <laughs> yeah all podcasts are evil no um <laughs> I got in a state where I'd be listening to like eight hours of podcasts a day. Yeah. And then, you know, again, you're just no, kind yeah. of always in state. Yeah. And it's, like there's it's so much that you can consume now. 
Um, yeah. 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 Trying to put put my phone on do not disturb and just go essentially. And, and in those states, I think that's when you get into those flow states of when things just start happening. And uh, otherwise you're kind of... It's like fragmented attention. It's kind of going all over the place. And, yeah. You know, obviously don't have that luxury sometimes, like if you have kids, but um, when, when you have access to those times, I, th I think that's where things go. Um, yeah. A bit, bit, bit more smoothly. Sometimes the phone's the main one for me of just do not disturb. <laughs> you see a, a shift. Yeah. Um, the other thing we wanted to ask was, um, I mean, obviously, there are benefits to having wood in your home. Um, some of the ones that we've heard are kind of that it's quite calming and therapeutic because it's um, of the natural world. Um, are there any examples that you want to talk about or experiences that some of your clients have had? So the biggest one for me is it, it's the connection with the natural world with versus kind of the man-made or more, more synthetic. Um, and, you know, one example of it is, you know, if I see all manicured lawns and all 90 degree angles and concrete and uh, steel, there's something in me that it just feels off. It, and it it's kind of a subtle feeling, but it, it actually feels like I'm not actually grounded on earth. Like, I, it feels like I'm in a plane, like a, a, a plane of existence, sort of. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel very disconnected. Whereas if I'm in nature, you know, all of us feel that of like, th there's this, this time where all of a sudden you feel connected, you feel like you, you calm down, you, you come to peace, you feel more connected with yourself, you feel um, you're, you're recognizing beauty all around you. Um and so what I like with my, my art is, is an aspect of that, of, you know, there are some right angles, like, uh, you know, the frames and stuff, but, but then you see the grain lines in them and it's, there's something in us, I think on like a really, really deep down level, um, that connects with that, like on a primitive biological level that connects with that versus connects with, um, you know, just a blank wall or um yeah something more synthetic is the field so, so if you're able to see those grain lines like it connects you in a way similar to being out in nature similar to being out in the forest but it's it's the grain of the wood and these flowing lines that that my sense is uh you know it brings you more peace it brings you into that more connected state um and uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that from people who who own some of my artwork and I've heard from it from a lot of people who just have, you know, a beautiful table or uh, a carving mm -hmm. of it. You kind of get lost in it a little bit and you're able to come back and the shoulders drop down and you're able to have an out breath um, and feel a bit more connected. So when I was living in the city, there's that view of how to bring nature into the home, how to bring nature back into the city in the way that is mine to do. That That's bringing it through beauty, through art, uh, not not green spaces and uh, you know, that's, that's not mine to do. Um, but if you're in this environment where it's all, you know, uh, skyscrapers and, um, you know, roads and, uh, you might not be someone who loves to go out camping, but, but there's something in all of us, I think that connects to that natural state to, to nature of, you know, mother earth of actually being 
um, connected to the the uh, the system as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I feel like wood art and wood is a gateway into that that experience. Um, yeah. Just I think I think also just while you're talking now, I feel like there's also this um, feeling of something that is that is created like with love. Um, and passion and something that is created like, you know, in a factory or like mass mm -hmm. produced. And there's obviously like putting those things up versus putting something up that's, you know, got this energy and this frequency of mm -hmm. love that's gone into something um, versus something that's just, <laughs> you know, laser yeah. printed. What's it? 3D printed. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. And I've had people tell me this too of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, feeling something different, like an energy from it. Um, and yeah, I believe you're kind of infusing that in the artwork when you're creating it of this love, this care, this attention. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I believe more in animism of, of there's, there's a life to that at some point. There, there's, uh, you know there's consciousness to a degree but but it it actually remains and I, i've had people say they kind of were able to i had a friend say that he's able to interact with it and almost um you know feel me in that to a degree I think um so. you know I, uh, i've had a few people go into tears opening it and, and i don't believe that's because they're like oh my god this is the most beautiful thing in the world right uh i do believe they think it's beautiful but I think the bigger thing is is connecting with that love or co connecting with that energy and and um it's not just this this dead material object but there's actually life there, there's energy emanating from these things um, i definitely think that uh, i'm a big crier i often just start crying randomly <laughs> 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 <Mary> knows this. <laughs> and i think it's that i mean it is that it's like all of a sudden you just kind of get this energy or something that just really hits you, you know, like in your heart and it's, you, you don't even know, you can't mentally understand what it is, but you just have a bit of a cry and then you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Or, you know, like goosebumps on your skin or, mm -hmm. you know, something that just has moved you and you're, you don't even sometimes know what it is. Or you just like, I don't know. I always get like, Oh, that's silly. Just, you just being a sap or something. You <laughs> But it is because it's, um, you know, beauty and love and, and care that has gone into, um, you know, making something and creating something. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about this before. You know, if you were to look at M Miriam's watercolor as an example, and, you know, you, you feel something, you're, you're connected to it, you feel the love and the, cre the human creativity that's gone into it. And... For me, when I look at something like AI generated art, you feel quite the opposite. You feel, um, it feel to me, it feels like eye candy of it's kind of this, it's there, it looks cool, it's interesting, but I, I have no connection to it, no emotion to it. And, and that's the feeling is that you feel what Miriam's putting into that artwork. You feel her through that, that creation um, and probably feel some of what she felt as she created it. Um, as this this alive piece of artwork, even if I I've only seen it through a computer screen, right, or mm -hmm. through a phone, I, I've never seen it in person. 
Um, but you, you feel it differently when it's created from someone versus from, uh, from a computer, or at least I do. And I believe that's it. It's, it's the energy and the, the life uh, behind it. Even, mm. even in people's photos, I think like when you look at a photo of somebody, you can feel them in the photo and it's the same. I think with people's artwork, you can feel you, there's part of them in their photo. And I don't know, I, you know, obviously you look at pictures and you can kind of transport yourself back to that time or you can feel the um the emotions almost maybe not emotions but you can feel the the vibe <laughs> the vibe mm -hmm. the best word of that moment um mm -hmm. and it's i feel like it's the same with art as as photos like you get a feeling about it yeah yeah and i'm curious if if you guys experience the same thing but I also notice like there's something in the photo that transmits some of it. And then there's an entirely different thing when you see it in person. Um, so with my work, like it, it might sound self-serving, but like everyone who has seen it in person says like, especially some of my bigger pieces that are more intricate, more 3d of like, wow, like I, I didn't know it looked like this or, you know, pictures do not do it justice. You just hear it over and over and over again, which is beautiful for when someone receives an art, a piece of artwork because they're they're more excited than when they bought it. But but it's tough for actually conveying that through, especially through a phone. Um, I'm I'm curious if you guys have, have experienced the same thing of kind of that almost like distilling down. Of you, you get like a fraction of of that connection with it once it goes on a screen um, versus standing there right in front of the original. Yeah, definitely. I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I suppose it depends. Like with uh, uh, the, what's it, like photography as an art, I suppose then the photo is taken with the intention of it being in, used in that media. But, you know, with, with your pieces, the intention is not for it to be used in that, you know, medium. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I can yeah. totally get that. Yeah, like, a, you know, I suppose it's stronger the piece when you see it in the medium that it was intended for. I can that would mm. make sense. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's em emanating the whole the whole of it is able to emanate through the space when there's like the original, like it's actually there, the physical thing. If you put it through a photo and then the receiver sees the photo, it's kind of like the na more narrow filter or sort of like mm -hmm. artificial prism that it goes through and that takes some of it in a way away. You can still feel it. I can, I, I assume like I feel, I still feel the heart connection and I feel deeply for it. But when I then stand in front of it, this is more like a wholesome thing. It's not just taking out like the visual part, the flat mm -hmm. part, but like the whole experience of it. Yeah. It's like meeting a whole plant instead of just a compound of it. That's in a, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Or yeah, the live plant versus a leaf that someone just brought you. Yeah. Or a photo of it, I guess is probably the cleanest. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it still informs point. you, but it's, it's, it's flat. In a yeah. Way. Yeah, exactly. Like some of it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Can't wait to see one of your art pieces one day for reals. Yeah. Uh -huh. Come to the, come to the, the mountains of Canada. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I do that. <laughs> mm. Wow. Well, I don't know, Nicola, for my part, for the questions, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, great. I think we've had a fantastic chat. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, of course. Enjoyed it. Some extra questions there. I think but <laughs> carried off on a tangent, but um it's good, I think. We yeah, we found our way back to the middle line every time. Yeah, yes. And I, I feel like such a calm serenity, such a peace came over me now in the in our conversation towards the second half. It really just grounded me and I feel this is just I can hardly describe it. It's so strong. And I feel how a shift went through me when you talked about the wolf, the observer, and mm. how he's peeking behind a tree and really just observing. And I felt like this is like moving into me and how your art is actually informing me. And wow, I'm so grateful for this. Well, that, Thank that's, you. that's beautiful to hear. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, it's one of my goals of like, even if it's, you know, most people just take it as a cool animal artwork but these things underneath to try and actually convey something that that seeps in whether it's on a subconscious energetic level that um yeah that i care deeply about and how to merge nature with that um yeah yeah no that that's wonderful to hear honestly wow yeah and um um, yeah, we wanted to give you also space to um, let people know how they can reach out to you, how they can contact you, maybe see your art. Um, yeah. Where would they find you best? Um, yeah, the two easiest places to find me, one is through Instagram. Uh, it's Jepson Creative, uh, J-E-P-S-O-N uh, Creative. And yeah, that's where, you know, I, I, I'm not super, super active on it, but especially having my, my workshop back. Um, I'll, I'll be sharing different images of my artwork, trying to get some process videos and uh, of, of what's coming about, sharing a lot of stuff from, uh, well, not a lot of stuff, but <laughs> occasional tidbits from, uh, from my life on, on the farm and in the mountains. And uh, yeah, it's mostly nature and, and art is, is what it ends up being. Of our chickens, uh, they definitely make some appearances. Um, but yeah, on Instagram, and then otherwise I have a website, which is jepsoncreative.com. Um, and anything that I have currently for sale is on that page. You can learn a bit more about me if you'd like. Um, and yeah, otherwise just, yeah, reach out through through messaging on Instagram or uh, my email information is on my website. And yeah, be happy to connect with anyone. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, we will also put the, share this in the um, description of the podcast episode so people can just like. Sounds great. Get it from there too. Yeah, wow. I'm so grateful, Alex. Thank you so, so much for being here with us and yeah, taking the time and sharing from your art and life and creativity experience. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. All right. I mean, everybody, goodbye. <laughs> Hope to meet you next time again. <laughs> And yeah, goodbye. If you like what you heard, follow us on Instagram at House of Flying Artists. 
And don't forget to check out the links in the description to see what we and our guests are up to. See you next time.